there are dog people and then there get a St. Bernard dog people. Yeah. That's a whole different level of a Way dog person. Way different level of life. What is life with a St. Bernard like? I don't know. It's bigger than most children. So bigger than some adults. Ludwig van Beethoven. It's Beethoven, right? He was born in 1770. Died at the ripe old age of 56, which probably was pretty old for the time. Hey, before we get started, there's something that I wanted to say. Say it. People like to send us emails, comment on YouTube. They say things like, I bet these guys have never written a song in their life. That I, pisses me off so bad. You, don't, you can't have an opinion about anything unless you have done it yourself. So are you a baker? Do you have an opinion about the baked goods that you eat? Oh, yeah? Well, last time you baked a loaf of bread, <laughs> asshole. Exactly. You can't have an opinion on a symphony unless you've written one. There you go. How's that? What's the point? How many people are going to listen to this episode and think to themselves, I bet you these guys have never even written a symphony. That I, is correct. I have not written a symphony. You're I right. I have never written a fucking symphony. That's right. So just save yourself, keyboard warriors, the time. My first thing is to remind everyone that Beethoven was German, which means he spoke German. Mm. But for the rest of this episode, everything that happens, imagine it happening in German. That's funny as shit, I think. Anytime you hear a story about Beethoven yelling at someone, he yeah. yelled at them in German. He just like really aggressive. Yeah. And, and sorry, our German fans. German is a really harsh language. It's not Latin based, so it doesn't have that smoothness to it. It's pretty like. Anytime you hear a story about this guy seducing one of his rich girl piano students or something, mm. that also happened in German. Oh, Schlaschen. Oh, Fräulein. Oh, Fräulein. Lacket ma Scheiße. Wienerschnitzel. Those are the only words I know in German. Uh, in the Bon Jovi episode, we said it's not offensive to do a shitty Italian accent. Also not offensive to do a shitty well, German accent. You can say whatever you want to about German people. I am actually German. Predominantly German and Italian, so I can do both. That's exactly my point. I'm doing this in front of you. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. I can also just do whatever I want to do, and I don't really care what you think about anything that I say or do either way. If anyone thinks that rock stars have ego problems, tendency to be... God complexes. Have personalities roughly similar to sandpaper. Sure. Uh, read pretty much any biography of any classical composer. All of these guys were dicks. Yeah, but I'm like really important sandpaper. <laughs> yes, obviously these guys felt like they were very, very needed to society to show them how great of a piano player they were. I mean, if you want to read stories about someone yelling that they're a genius and to not question them, just, yeah, read about any classical composer. They have their heads so far up their own assholes. Okay, this is why though. I just, I just, this just clicked into my head. It could be the Adderall I took this morning. I don't know, but it just clicked in my head. Okay, so stick with me here. Vinyls did not exist. CDs did not exist. A way to play music in your home, did it exist at the time? I don't think so. I don't know when, no. when they, there was nothing. No. So the only way to even hear this guy would be to have the money to afford to go to one of his oh, yeah. performances. This is rich people Which music. a majority of people would not have money to go see one of his performances. Yeah. So he would only be around and be exposed to 
rich, hoity-toity people that would just constantly be filleting him about how great he was and how, you know, blown away they were by his things. He never had probably anybody pushing back against him saying, dude, and this isn't that good. Obviously, the easiest analogy to make is to rock stars because we're talking about music. But what this would be even more like, honestly, famous athletes. And the egos that they often acquire. Mm -hmm. Because we're usually talking about people who are serving a class above them. You're not going to find many composers who were wealthy as fuck themselves. Not a lot of kids born into a royal family who then became a famous composer. A famous composer is often something that a royal family would acquire, like right. a pet. So it's like a cartoon poodle that's all haughty walking by the poor looking dogs. Like, fuck you, I got the rich people owners. Well, how would you... I gotta assume that buying a piano would have been extremely expensive and not really something that any Joe Schmo could do. No, the piano was only invented very recently before that. Beethoven had his piano sent to him. If you weren't a rich person or if you weren't friends with a rich person to give you a piano, you were not going to get one. Right. This is not music for the rest of us. No. This is music for a very select group of people. And as big a group of assholes as these people all are, Beethoven's probably the hugest asshole of them all. Absorbed all of the assholeness of everyone around him. <laughs> he it's did. like he just soaked up all, he's like a vampire of asshole. There was this Archduke Rudolph who very famously issued a royal decree that Beethoven was not to be held to the usual rules of court etiquette. Oh, Jesus. Like, that's how big of a cock this guy was. Wow. Look, Damn. he's an asshole, but what are you going to do? He, <laughs> he plays piano. He plays piano like real good. It's amazing how little has changed. We, do, we don't hold famous people to any accord that we hold anybody else. It's insane. He was just the original asshole. There's this movie called Five Easy Pieces in which Jack Nicholson plays this unforgivable asshole raised in a family of classical musicians. His middle name is Eroica, which is the title of Beethoven's third symphony. I don't think that's an accident. I think that is... a inside joke for fans of classical music about how much of an asshole Beethoven. So it's a joke that most people missed is what you're saying. Oh yeah. A majority of people that watched this movie did not get the joke. I think a majority of people missed a lot of what we're about to talk about. <laughs> One thing we should say though, Ludwig's father was a major piece of shit. His own music career didn't turn out like he wanted. So he decided his kid was going to be the next Mozart. Mozart was very famously a child musician. Mm. Beethoven's father lied about Beethoven's age to say he was younger than he was and like had him performing in public as a child. There are stories about this kid crying because he's being made to stay up all night and practice piano to get better, et cetera, et cetera. Every awful story you've heard about a stage parent abusing their yeah. child is what happened here. He was a pageant parent. Pageant moms that like torture their kids in beauty pageants. He was a pageant dad. It's not a mystery why Beethoven was an asshole, but hey, still an asshole. You know, a guy mm -hmm. was a jerk. But the funniest thing to me about this episode is probably 99% of the people who are already pissed off at us do not listen to Beethoven on a regular basis, have never listened to Beethoven on a regular basis during any period of their lives. I would say most of them have never even heard a complete symphony composed by Beethoven. No way. I think a vast majority just know that <clears throat> the greatest hits, just like any other. What's wild <laughs> to me about this, this entire episode is going to be how little has changed. So much of what we're going to say could be... We could be talking about someone 
in modern time. It's the same thing. This has never been not happening. As long as people have been paying attention, this is ne- as long as there have been people paying attention, documenting a music scene in newspapers, all of this shit has been happening exactly the same. This episode just solidifies everything we've ever said about literally music in general. Yes. It just has always been this way. This is pretty much where it started, but I would say 90% of the people who are pissed off at us already don't even listen to classical music at all. Yeah. The UK edition of Wired Magazine did a story in June 2019 about how Spotify basically isn't even trying to cater to fans of classical music, even though streaming of classical music rose by 42%. Mm. So if they're not even trying and it rose by that big a percentage, it means this is one of those percentages that's a real small number. Like 10 people were listening to classical music in 2018 and now 14 people are in 2019. Spotify still doesn't care. And I know that we'll get to this later, but they don't have to pay who do they who gets paid it's public that's well, what i'm saying i think in classical the music that the, performed the performers it? do get paid but yeah it's nowhere near the headache that yeah. every other kind of music like this is the easiest genre right. of music to give people this is like the one that everyone should just do because the payouts would be considerably less but they don't because nobody likes classical music because everyone knows it's a waste of time and money nobody likes classical music <laughs> Okay, guys, I got an idea. We're going to have a streaming platform dedicated to classical music. And everyone goes, no. No, man. No, I don't think we're going to do that at all. (laughs) Beethoven is an example of the kind of artist who has an interesting story. So they become well known by people who don't even pay attention to music. There is zero question in my mind that if you walked up to strangers on the street all day long, if you could make this your new job to ask people on the street, name a composer, 999,999 out of a million of those motherfuckers are going to say the name Beethoven, Mm -hmm. okay? Almost none of those people have ever gone out of their way to listen to classical music in their entire lives, and they're going to say Beethoven. Now, go even deeper. I'm not going to repeat your number because I'll fuck it all up. One less than a million. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and guess 99 out of 100 people say Beethoven. If you were to take those 99 people, exclude the one because maybe they've actually have some semblance of understanding of classical music. They've gone outside of their house for the one time they do every month. (laughs) And you just happen to ask them the question. Yeah. Okay. Now ask those 99 people, play a Mozart song and ask them, if that was Beethoven or who that is that wrote it. Literally 100% of them are going to go, oh yeah, that's Beethoven. Even if you play Mozart, it doesn't matter. They don't fucking know. They know his name, but they don't know shit. Exactly. It's wrapped up in this word cloud of classical pop music, whatever that even means for most people. I would say that Beethoven is probably the single most famous name attached to the idea of music in any capacity. Yeah. He is synonymous with the concept of music itself. All these people who don't actually give a true fuck about Beethoven, the reason why they're mad is because they just hear us saying music sucks, Mm -hmm. which to be clear, we are also saying that. So don't put down your pitchforks just yet, but keep listening because you're going to find out you agree with a lot more of what we're saying than you disagree with it. And if you listen to classical music or cared about its history in any way, you would know that Mozart is better than Beethoven in every way, except his story is not as interesting got to be the most famous person in music history in a majority of the world at least where music is a thing would not agree with you in a country like japan i know that japanese people sure do be listening to some classical music sure. out there 
They're probably listening to a lot more Haydn than Beethoven or Mozart, though, because Haydn smokes both those assholes, but he's never had a major Hollywood movie made about him mm. like Mozart and Beethoven. How many, though? More than one. Oh, way more than one. Once a year, there's a new Beethoven movie or show or Netflix documentary or some bullshit. And I know that there are so many boomers who've already started writing us an email about how Beethoven could not possibly be so revered if the music wasn't just that good. And I want to be certain they understand this is, to a word, the same argument people make for the music that you fucking despise. Exactly what people write. We can just erase the proper nouns from their hate mail. They're interchangeable. But why don't people make that same argument for Nickelback? Because you could make the same argument for Nickelback, but yet just because it's not highbrow enough. You know what I mean? But if it's just a pure popularity contest, Nickelback is right the fuck up there with a lot of these guys as far as exposure, album sales, people knowing the lyrics to every song that was ever written. Way more. There are a lot more people on the planet during Nickelback. That's the thing. Height. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, what, Man, if we're going sheer numbers, it's no it's, fucking contest, It's really man. not. Just, just, no. just saying. Hey gang, it's Tyler breaking in here. We wanted to commemorate our Beethoven episode with a little something special. So go to shop.yfbspod.com to pre-order our newest t-shirt. It's terrible. I designed it myself. One thing I will say in Ludwig's defense is almost none of this is his fault. I'm not excusing his behavior as a person. I'm talking about the fame and his legacy. He didn't put in his will that after he died, he wanted a bunch of morons to turn him into the face of all music. You know, he didn't ask for that. And it is fucked up that if you were famous a really long time ago, anyone today can use your likeness however they want. Yeah, you know, I slightly feel bad for him, although I don't because he's dead and he doesn't feel anything. <laughs> There's no one around to defend his image. You know what I mean? They don't own right. his catalog or the rights to his... Like, if you wanted to put Beethoven in a TV show that you were making this year, you could write on Beethoven as a character. Cast someone to play him. I don't know, he traveled through time or some shit and he's on your show. Nobody can stop you from doing that. There's Beethoven. Yeah, I, 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 that sucks. Nobody's there to defend your name or honor at all. It's just gone. Anybody can just jack your shit and be like, yo, check this out. Chick-fil-A put Beethoven in a fucking chicken commercial. If you don't believe me, just go look for it. I'll, I might be able to drop it in here if I can find it. When I decided to write a ton of world-famous music after I'd lost my hearing, people thought I was crazy. An actor playing Beethoven, sitting at a piano, talking about a chicken fucking sandwich, which did not exist. That's pretty fucking when insane. When Beethoven was alive. Just like the other day when I wanted chicken for breakfast, people thought I was crazy again. How'd everything play out? Perfectly. I went to Chick-fil-A for their new egg white grill. It's amazing. Yeah. They have him endorsing products that did not exist. And as for the music stuff, I'll bet you 10 bucks that you have heard the tune I'm singing now. That's crazy. I, again. You try doing that with someone who's famous <laughs> right now. Cast someone to play Kim Kardashian in your commercial, please. You will get sued. Who else do we do this to that it's okay? There's got to be a pretty short list. I'm sure there's others. But Greek gods, you could do that sure, too. But they were, that's like way, way, way further back. This is not that far history. This is mildly recent history. It's 200 years ago or something. 
Yeah. But damn, that's crazy. If I'm dead for 200 years, I hope still somewhere someone goes, um, I don't think he would have wanted you to sell your <laughs> shitty chicken sandwiches. He's dead, man. Fuck, he can't defend himself. Maybe he was allergic to chicken. Did they even look it up? As awful as it would be to be famous at any point in history, like you really don't want to be famous. It's, oh, it's, no. it's not great. It doesn't sound fun <laughs> at all. However... This is a whole different kind of thing. Like, if you think that Kurt Cobain is upset about all the shit that's done in his name after his death, Beethoven, my God, mm. I cannot, I cannot imagine what it would be like to look down and be like, can you just please stop? <laughs> can you just let my memory die? Yeah. In German, though, which makes it funnier. If there is an afterlife, Beethoven is in therapy right now. Forever. He's just forever in therapy. I don't know what to do. I can't do anything. I'm here. I can't go back. They're using my name to sell chicken sandwiches. They're not even open on Sundays. His image in movie scenes to show that someone's a stuck-up asshole, a Beethoven bust in their library or in their study, you know? Again, someone made the bust and didn't have to pay for the rights to make the bust. They just made the bust and sold it. Exactly. Try making Mark Wahlberg keychains and see what happens. Just go for it. Yeah. I think we should make Beethoven shirts. Probably. We definitely can't get sued for that. You want to know what I am willing to bet on? I would all but guarantee you that this would be Beethoven's favorite fucking music podcast if he was alive in the year 2020. I, I think he would love us. Duh. He hates like half the shit that he wrote. In his own lifetime, pieces that he wrote early in his life started to become popular, and he thought everyone who liked that shit was a bunch of fucking idiots, okay? <laughs> you want to hear something crazy, though? So, like, all of that is just his image, him as a, a face of music or whatever. As far as his music goes, Beethoven has over 1,500 soundtrack credits on IMDb. 1,500. 1,500. So he's gotten some pretty sick music placements, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, probably still gets great ones. Check some of these out, though. The Ninth Symphony is in A Clockwork Orange. In the movie Rosemary's Baby, the young married couple, they hear someone practicing for release through the walls after moving into a new apartment in the Satan Worshipper building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the movie Misery, the Moonlight Sonata plays during the scene where Kathy Bates breaks James Kahn's ankles with a sledgehammer. You may be noticing a trend here. <laughs> it's probably a coincidence. Yeah. That people soundtrack. Psychos. Terrible things <laughs> happening to people while Beethoven is playing. Yeah. Dude, this is insane. Okay, let's just say he he was like this crazy guy and he saw what was coming and he wrote some really nutso shit that protected his music and the rights to his image somehow you mean like he leaves a will don't use my likeness yeah, in yeah, any yeah. way Got oh, it. only movies didn't exist even the idea of that that would be a thing yeah so he was fucked no matter what he was just gonna get used and abused no matter what i still don't feel bad for him i mean whatever but maybe maybe he would have loved it maybe he's actually somewhere in the afterlife, I'd like to think hell. <laughs> I don't think you mean that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Maybe if he is a conscious being somewhere on, on what, where do Mormons go? Like Jupiter or something? Like other other planet? They get a planet. I think they each get their own. He, okay. Yeah. Beethoven is on his own planet right now, looking back at Earth going, fuck yeah, man. 1,500 credits. And maybe he's a fan of horror. I don't know. So as a segue into talking about the actual music that Beethoven composed... I've got one more piece of movie trivia. 
In the movie Leon, or The Professional, if you're a loser, Gary Oldman plays a psychotic, <laughs> corrupt, and murderous police detective who is obsessed with classical music. Right before Gary Oldman has his whole crew turn this poor family's shitty apartment into a slaughterhouse, including murdering like a four-year-old boy, uh, Gary tells the father he's obsessed with classical music and he starts talking about Beethoven. And he says the thing about Beethoven is that Beethoven's overtures are okay, but after that, he always gets really fucking boring. Then this character imagines some classical music, which we hear on the soundtrack, while his guys mow everything down with their guns. <laughs> so there are actually a couple funny things here. One, I know nearly everyone who's seen this movie thinks they're hearing music that was composed by Beethoven in that scene, but it's not. The joke is that Gary's character is composing original classical music in his own head to soundtrack this murder scene, because he, as an actual fan of classical music, would rather listen to that than Beethoven. That is the joke. Again, this is the sense of humor of people who actually listen to classical music. These are the kind of things that they think is funny. Jesus. Um, but the other funny thing about this scene is that it was A, completely improvised by Gary Oldman, who B, also played Beethoven in a movie called Immortal Beloved that came out a few months later in the same year as Leon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You will never convince me that Gary Oldman put this scene in this movie for any other reason yeah. than he needed to say how he truly felt about Beethoven's music in a way where no one could get all pissed off after how much he had to listen to it while prepping for Immortal Beloved. Yeah. After listening to so much Beethoven for that movie, yeah. I think he hated Beethoven. Yeah, this is one of those moments where the truth kind of inadvertently seeps out of how you actually feel oh, yeah. about something. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a moment of just like, this is all I've been listening to for months to prepare for this role. It really does suck. Maybe not acting so much is all I'm <laughs> right. saying here. Great yeah. actor, but maybe he didn't have to try so hard that day is all I'm saying. <laughs> it was an easy day on set. That just makes you want to go watch that movie. And that scene is, is crazy. Every scene in the movie Immortal Beloved that shows Gary Oldman as Beethoven playing piano, that is Gary Oldman playing piano. And it only took him six weeks of practice. Quick fucking side note. I forgot I was going to bring this up. I had this debate with somebody recently about the difficulty in playing classical pieces. What was presented to me was, I have no idea who the composer was. I really could give two shits because I don't like classical music. But it was this really intense piece. Annoyingly intense. Into the point where it sounds like someone is just literally going, la, 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 la. I mean, it just, it's yeah. just annoying. It's probably the second half of the Moonlight Sonata. <laughs> it probably was. The point that I was making was, even if you had no piano experience, if you practice this piece, which is supposedly the hardest piece on earth to ever to play. Okay, probably Rachmaninoff or something like that. I have that. no idea. Something like that, right? So I was saying, if somebody dedicated two hours a day to practice this piece with feedback, they could play the piece within a year. Maybe not perfectly, but they could do it. And the person was just arguing with me that no, it wasn't possible. There's this mindset that some people have about classical music. Oh, no, it's impossible to fucking play this. As if it cannot be boiled down to repetition. It's strictly repetition. Yeah. This story only goes the same way. There's no such thing as someone who just starts doing this one day. I know you've heard stories about, like, some guy hits his head and he can play piano. Mm. That's all bullshit, all right? That's bull fucking mm. shit. All you do is practice. Yeah. All you do is practice. Yes, and if you practice this hard, very difficult piece, 
piece every day, you're going to know how to play it. It is not impossible is my point. I despise that specifically about people that worship at the altar of classical music. Oh no, this is impossible to play. Oh no, it's not. I'll show you literally a hundred people on YouTube, on YouTube at home playing it right now. I would go so far as to say that when we are asking questions like how come Beethoven was such an asshole, it's probably because of how many people said this kind of shit to him. Right. Like, wow, you have a supernatural gift. Mm -hmm. No, you fucking moron. My father beat me with a stick. <laughs> okay my god no one could play this well sure because you're all poor and can't afford pianos uh, yeah it's not that's the stupid <laughs> it's, it is very fucking stupid yes yeah, it's very stupid i'm just saying you could have a little tiny casio piano if you played it every day you could play anything how could you have anything but disdain for cattle walking up to you every day and expressing admiration for all the time you spent just sitting there doing the same thing over and over again until you were good at it. Yeah. Every, everyone listening to this, what's the thing you've done most in your life? Let's say... Masturbate. Use your hand to... Masturbate. Use your hand to bring a fork full of food from a plate to your mouth. You're pretty good at that. You're pro. I know some of you are terrible <laughs> at eating and you always drop food, but still, that's like a point zero 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 one percent failure rate. Yeah. You consider how many times you do it. I need to practice. Masturbating? No, cheese dip on chips and not dripping it on me. I don't think that's how you're supposed to <laughs> masturbate, Mark. <laughs> it cheese is an amazing thing. I don't know if you know that, but that's a topic for a different podcast, if you know what I mean. Oh, right. Let's no, start. <laughs> I agree. It's a point. The amount of people constantly filleting this man, overwhelming. And it's wild that 200 fucking years later, where people have improved on and in, done crazy shit with piano, now anyone can own a piano. You yes. can go buy a $50 piano on Amazon, and you can learn how to play piano. You can get a piano for free right now, probably. Yeah, to pretend that Beethoven somehow is just going to go down as the greatest composer... Is ridiculous. If you walked up to Beethoven and acted like he was some virtuoso composer, he would he could play piano very well. No sure, one's going to dispute that. But he wasn't trying to write stuff that blew anyone's mind. All right, so here we go. This, this is the segue into music. Yeah. Beethoven was part of what now gets called the Romantic era in music. What this means essentially is making music about your feelings. Before this, music was not meant to express a feeling. It was some ritual thing, or it was music made about mythology or religion or a cool story that someone wrote, or even just something that sounds amazing for the intellectual pleasure of listening to something that sounds amazing. Romantic music, in opposition to that, is just feelings. This romantic thing hit all art around the same time. Painting, poetry, sculpture, you name it. Everyone was getting in their feelings like a bunch of histrionic teenagers. Holy shit, dude. Emo music is the original music. This is emo for the ruling class. That's romantic music. Beethoven ushered this in. My chemical Beethoven. The best way to think about this is the intended response the composer is hoping to elicit from his audience rather than this is so interesting or this is so impressive. He's just trying to make you cry or laugh. And if you look at 
Art Today. This is still alive in Art Today. And the art that has that ethos in it is dumbass comedies like uh-huh. the American Pie movies or the Hangover movies, bullshit romance, Nicholas Sparks, the notebook stuff that is not a good story. It's just there to fuck with your feelings. The Fifty Shades of Grey books are not interesting or impressive and they're not supposed to be. They're just supposed to make your mom horny. Beethoven is the same thing as all these things. If we're breaking classical music down into genres, Beethoven goes in the trash heap. It's just completely reductive, most basic music. Fuck plot, fuck craft, fuck everything except sensationalism. Right. It's just there to elicit an emotional response. Only. Period. Not in a very effective way, I would add. This worked then. People listening to this now do not have the same experience to 95% of this shit. The one time this guy tried to make an opera to tell a story, it was so bad and got such terrible reviews that this is still a one-word joke among classical music fans. Fidelio. If you say Fidelio to a classical music fan, they're probably going to laugh. Just look this up. Basically, what you're saying is that similar to uh, basically what I would say toilet humor, which is like American Pie, Beethoven is just a fart joke that is music. Did you see the movie Crash, not car wrecks make people horny crash, but the Paul Haggis crash where it's just there to fuck with you? This It's the movie where like the cop saves someone from a wrecked car and then there's a little girl who thinks she has an invisible blanket and there's a scene where you think you're going to watch her get shot by someone because she thinks she's got this invisible blanket. Maybe. Anyways, I would call that sort of emotional manipulation more intellectually hmm. pleasing than yes. Beethoven. Yes, yes, yes. I understand. Were saying while still trying to achieve the same effect which is i just want to make people walk out of this bitch crying that's all i care about beethoven was trying to do that with less art with less craft he's larry the cable guy of stand-up comedy yeah somebody will just use dave Chappelle, who does these like segments that make you laugh but then you think about it and then you laugh about it and then you talk about it Larry the Cable Guy just makes you laugh, which is, you know, is what it is, I guess, if that's your toilet level of, you know, intellectual humor that you enjoy. It's just simplistic. Look at this pretty little keys I can press together. It's a lot of that. Not really like this dynamic, cool piece of music. No. At the time, because there is nobody, you know, Joe Schmo next door don't got a piano because he can't afford one and most people can't. He has no real competition of people saying this is a joke look at this cool shit i wrote how do you even distribute your music or get people to come to your shows very true in beethoven's time there were only max 10 other people in the entire world who even got to be a true composer for a living someone who got to compose and have symphonies perform their compositions go look at the timeline of classical music or whatever look at notable figures there are like 10 or less per period this is a very exclusive group also All of them are just white guys. Yeah. You're not hearing anything except for what rich people want to hear their toys do. Yeah. And they're not pressing CDs at home and standing on street corners, passing them out, saying, check out my sweet new composition I wrote. They also are being weeded out by people that are just in power. Do they have the ability to weed them out? This is not a situation where these people are so great and we should pay attention to everything that they got to make. These are just the only people who got to make music at that time, okay? And also, it's not like them getting to continue doing this is proof of their merit. 
They got paid all the money they were going to make on this shit before it was even written. How about that? It's not like Beethoven put out a symphony and it was so great that he made a shitload of money off of it. Yeah. He just got the same amount of money that the rich guy gave him to do it in the first place. Wild. It's just crazy that people complain about uh, major labels as being gatekeepers. Like, you had nothing, man. Like, y'all know that Tommy <laughs> Lee, the drummer of Motley Crue, wrote the piano part for Home Sweet Home, right? And if that didn't work, if that didn't go over well, you wouldn't know who I was talking about because no one would give a shit about Motley Crue anymore. That is an achievement on the instrument of piano. Right. Not if his record label gave him all the money he was going to make on that song before he even wrote that song. It would probably suck. Why would he have tried? Literally, Tommy Lee is better than Beethoven. Prove me wrong. You can't. So Beethoven started taking lessons under Haydn around the time that Mozart died, and apparently Beethoven thought Mozart's soul came into him. Except Mozart wrote over 20 operas in his life, including Don Giovanni, The Marriage of Figaro, and The Magic Flute, three of the best operas ever written. So you'd think his recycled spirit could pop out, you know, a few in Beethoven's body. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody's really sure, but it is debated that Beethoven may have met and even taken lessons from Mozart. I would say he evidently did not learn much if that is what <laughs> happened. He may have not been an A-plus student. He did rip off the opening of the last movement in Mozart's 40th symphony. Beethoven put that in the third movement of his overrated fifth symphony. 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 And yeah, I just said Mozart's 40th symphony. 4-0 as opposed to the nine symphonies that Beethoven wrote. Mm -hmm. Composing a symphony is something Beethoven did literally less than 10 times in his life. And we're all supposed to pretend like he's the greatest to ever do it. He's the greatest ever, man. He did it nine he, times. He did it nine times. We shouldn't say that he only did like six that might matter or three. Every single one of them that he did. His first try at a symphony, landmark phenomenal. That's crazy to think that. How many things have you done less than 10 times in your life? Can I, you imagine if someone said you were the best to ever do one of those things? That's crazy to think about. Bowling? Maybe there's someone listening to this who's only gone bowling six times. They're the best bowler in the world. Also, somebody call Malcolm Gladwell because I think there might be a little bit of a hole in his idea because... Beethoven definitely did not spend 10,000 hours. Symphonic composition. And it shows, you know, I'll tell you, it shows. It certainly pokes a hole in that idea. So you know how people get really mad at us for making this show and they like to act as if hating music is this new thing? Millennials today have no respect for their peers. How Yo, fuck you. If you call me a millennial one more time, Tyler is a millennial. I am not. Here's a quote from 1881. This is from a letter written by a guy named John Ruskin. A he's, real piece of shit. He's probably fine. He was writing to a friend. <laughs> probably an okay guy. I don't know. Uh, writing to a friend of his. No, fuck him. John writes to his friend, who's also named John, quote, Beethoven always sounds to me like the upsetting of a bag of nails mm. with here and there also a dropped hammer. <laughs> End quote. Oh, so like, the greatest shit. thing about that quote to me, again, is that it's from the year 1881, which is way before Looney Tunes and the Pink Panther and all these other cartoons that came out and used Beethoven's music to soundtrack precisely those types of images, like a hammer falling on someone's head. For sure, that's been a cartoon while Beethoven music played. 
Beethoven got a lot of bad reviews in his time. If we start reading bad reviews of Beethoven music, we'll be here for a long time. I had no idea that anyone had a bad opinion about anything before us. But I do wonder sometimes what classical music would sound like to a person who had never seen Looney Tunes. Because like I grew up on Looney Tunes. So my entire life, classical music just sounds like the shit that's playing when Bugs Bunny's outsmarting Elmer Fudd or people are getting hit in the head with planks of wood and stuff like it's that. It's a very, very violent cartoon if you really think about it. The Barber of Seville. Yeah. I'll never be able to separate that from Bugs Bunny. Yeah. I, just, I do wonder what this stuff sounds like to people who, because like, what were they imagining in their heads, the images, you know? Because it's been so abused and put into so many things. Your attachments to the yeah. songs are so all over the place. I think that the fifth is maybe in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yeah. I think that's in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, maybe, or like Weird Science or one of those movies it, like that. It would be really actually an interesting thing to do is sit down with people and just play the most famous snippets and be like, what's your first thought? What was the first thing to come to mind? I bet you so many people have different thoughts about what, what it reminds them of or think of because it's been used in so many different various things. When I hear the second symphony, it makes me think of someone having a nervous breakdown. That's what it sounds like to me because it's just all over the place. But I don't know if that's because in my head, all I can see is what Bugs Bunny would be doing to someone <laughs> while this music was playing. You know? Making Elmer Fudd have a nervous yeah. breakdown. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's what this sounds like. Yeah. Again, what a wild thing to think. Your music... 200 years later could mean something so different. I would be surprised if you ever meet a professional piano player in your life who does not hate the song for Elise. This is the smoke on the water of piano. It's the first, you know, you might learn chopsticks or some other bullshit before you get serious about the instrument. Oh, but for God. Elise is one of the first things students are taught. Now I have smoke on the water riffs stuck uh, in my, uh, oh, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> oh God, now it's stuck in my head. Pretty cool song. I, dude, funny story real quick, randomly. I have found this YouTube video that you should watch. And that is this dude turns that riff into a tool song and it's fucking hilarious to watch. Yeah, sure. Seeing as how I spilled my first one. So there's that pretty great McDonald's commercial that I showed you before yeah, this. Yeah. It sort of makes my point for me. It's this little girl. She just wants to go get some McD's, man. That's all she wants to do. Lay off. And she's got one of these <laughs> fucking asshole pageant parents who's shoving her towards performing. She doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And she's at a piano recital. This will be great. I'll be scared. Just think how glad you'll be when you're all done and maybe we'll all go to McDonald's. Her asshole dad makes her get up on stage. I'll be glad when I'm done. I'll be glad when I'm done. I'll be... <sighs> so while she's playing for Elise and fucking it up occasionally, in her head she's making up words about how she just can't wait to get to McDonald's and get some of those delicious fries. Think McDonald's. Oh, I wish I were already there instead of here playing this song. Oh, I would have a big chocolate shake, a cheeseburger, and also, whoops, and also fries. And I would eat my fries myself and not give any to my dumb brother. Hands off and mine off. Mine. I can't think of which part of this ad is worse. You do have to listen to for at least. Yes, exactly. It just sucks. It is uncanny how much this song makes my skin absolutely crawl. Nobody likes this. Yeah, what's wild is that if we were to do that idea, what's the first thing that pops in your head when you hear this? I don't even know what mine would be, but it must be bad. 
My association with this is either one of two things. I've heard it way too many times and I don't like it. I don't think it's good. Mm-hmm. Or B, somewhere wedged in my brain, it's associated with something really bad. But I don't know what. <laughs> so God only knows what it's in there. I have no fucking clue. We've still got maybe like 20 minutes left to record. It's possible we're going to learn some things about Mark Mosley today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what's going on in there. So one of the stories about Fur Elise goes that this was probably originally called Fur Therese because Therese, maybe Teresa, I don't know, was one of Ludwig's rich girl piano students who was not so great at piano, but maybe good at some other things. <laughs> and the story goes that Beethoven, you know, wanted to marry this girl someday. So he tried to write something that would be so easy to play that even Therese could play it for all her rich family and friends, complete morons, all of them, to be sure. And they'd all have their minds blown by how well she had learned to play piano under Beethoven's tutelage. And that's the intro of the song, if you listen to it. But then Beethoven finds out she's going to marry some rich guy instead of him, which is also what happened with every other rich girl he ever fell in love with in his entire life. So another reason this guy's an asshole. (laughs) He just does not seem to be able to transcend those class lines. (laughs) Crazy story. Turns out out you can be a rich guy's pet, but you cannot marry into the family. Sorry, Bo. We draw the line somewhere. You can entertain us, pig, but stay outside. So Ludwig gets a little mad and he writes the rest of this piece as something this girl will never be able to play on piano and put some other chick's name on the song. Brutal. It's pretty rough. What a dick. If this is what happened, this is the first instance of some emo asshole writing a song about a girl who exists and her having to know that I don't know, possibly billions of people have learned how to play this song at this point. Definitely millions. He was kind of like an internet troll long before well, the internet. fuck you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do next. I'm not good enough for you. Watch this. That's, that's insane. Men are fragile. God dang. What a I've heard fragile, of this. fragile man. Egos are crazy. And obviously his was quite large and being rejected by this very, I'm sure, nice lady must have really... Kick them in the balls. All right. Sometimes on this podcast, we issue challenges. I'm not even going to challenge you. I'm just appealing to your better nature at this point. If anyone listening to this is a piano teacher, come on. You know that we're right. Kids should not be learning this song anymore. Just stop doing it. Stop teaching this song. We can teach kids other stuff. We can teach kids other pieces. Chopin's Prelude in E minor. Great candidate. Replace for Elise with Chopin's Prelude in E minor. Chain starts with you. Honestly, if you want to teach kids piano and keep them interested in piano, you should probably transpose some Nickelback songs and teach them how to play it. Teach them the Beverly Hills Cop theme song. Yeah. Stop screwing around. If you care about these kids' future, just teach them something that's fun and interesting. The first song, if they sit down at a friend's house and they're like, yo, I take piano lessons, check this out, and they bust that song out, yo, they're going to lose a friend. Teach these kids All My Life by Casey and JoJo. Teach them uh, Walking on the Sun. By Smash Mouth? Yes. Teach the kid that, and that kid shows up to his friend's house, and he busts out some Smash Mouth. Now, all of a sudden, maybe he has three friends. While we're talking, switch him over to organ. Do everyone a favor. Sure. No one likes piano. 
now that we've sold a bunch of shirts, maybe people will start responding to them wearing our shirt. We get tagged in posts all the time, I see. Yeah, if you get a shirt. At yfbspod.com. I want to hear the stories. Oh, I definitely want to hear some stories. I bet it's a lot of people laughing at the shirt. I bet when you're walking around in a shirt that says your favorite band sucks on it, you get a lot of people who aren't dumb as fuck going, that shirt's funny. I hope. It's a great conversation starter or ender. If you're a single person and you're someone that goes on dates, you should buy a shirt and wear it on a date. Mm -hmm. It's a great litmus test. Figure out right away. Oh, this person I'm going on this date with, his favorite band is Weezer. Text your friend. Hey, uh, can you call me in a minute and tell me that you really need my help? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. For release is one of my most hated piano compositions. My actual most hated piano composition may be the Moonlight Sonata. This is one of the most atrocious pieces of music I've ever heard. Yeah. It honestly sounds like someone's just doing finger exercises to warm up before playing whatever piece they're really going to play. Yeah, I actually don't want to talk about this song. I th We have to. I think if anyone, <laughs> if you only listen to one piece of music in relation to this episode of the podcast, if you're thinking, ha ha ha, it's so funny and ridiculous that these guys pretend tend to have the opinions that they're stating right now if that's what you think please please go listen to the entire moonlight sonata give it your best fucking shot disclaimer do not pause the show and listen if you're operating a vehicle any <laughs> other heavy machinery yeah. or otherwise engaged in activity that would make it very dangerous for you to fall asleep right now because there's nothing in the moonlight sonata to even pay attention to yeah there's no thread running through it that you can follow i hate this song. it sounds like you're hearing the recording of a frustrated composer who knows everything he's coming up with that day is trash it sounds like you're hearing him come up with an idea and say no that's terrible switch to something else no that that sucks that's trash that sucks that's trash it sounds like he just keeps trying different things yeah it, this is torturous I cannot imagine releasing this as a composition I would never put this out the title of this song should be a failure in 17 movements or something like that. You know how Spotify and other platforms, Pandora, whatever, they have like classical playlists where you can just be like, oh, I just want to listen to classical music. Yeah. Moonlight Sonata is probably in a decent number oh, of those. Man. But Skipped. I, I, exactly. Skipped. I, you got to know that Spotify knows what songs people skip the most. Obviously, Pandora for sure does. What number of people thumbs down this song on Pandora? It's got to be overwhelming. You know what? I fucking had it. As many times as we bring up Spotify and Pandora on this podcast, if we can't get a mole <laughs> at this point, we will keep your identity a secret, all right? Yeah. If you don't get busted sending the email, we're not going to bust you receiving it. Yeah. Come on. Do it. Let's make it happen. We will never tell anybody your name. You just have to prove that you work there. I'm sick of this shit, man. I want to know how many people skip this fucking song. Here's the other thing about the Moonlight Sonata. At least 50% of the people who think they know what we're talking about are not familiar with the second half. It's the final movement, but time-wise, running length-wise, it's actually like the second half of the song is so completely different. This is as close as it gets to shredding on a piano. <laughs> when this shit kicks off, it's like, hold on a second. What now? You're going to do what? I wish Beethoven was alive. I wish it was possible to ask Beethoven one question. It's the only question I would ask him is, how postmodern was Moonlight Sonata? Mm. Were you trying to compose a piece that for the first half sounded like someone just fucking sucking for four minutes before it finally gets to like, we are now Eddie Van Halen. Check this shit out. 
Right. Because that's what it sounds like. But that's the problem with Beethoven is he does not know how to edit, which is the perfect segue into speaking on this son of a bitch's symphonies. Which one, though? Well, okay, so this is one of the reasons why it's so difficult to get into classical music, I think, is that the title of every piece is just a number. Yeah. A number. Sonata number in. Eh. How do you even have a conversation about that? I mean, again, my, my experience is limited. The frustrating thing for me, maybe because I'm not classically trained in music or understand that depth of music theory, is it's Beethoven's Ninth Symphony in E minor, blah, 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 blah. What the fuck am I... What, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Again, one of the things that I realized when I was trying to read about why people disagree about what, who's good and who's bad, I think I have a better grasp about string theory and physics, which is, I, I yeah. don't. I have a very limited, but I've read a couple books. It makes more sense to me than reading people debate and argue about which version in key is better and if Mozart's symphony number blah in key blah 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 is different or better i'm like oh my god i can't do this music theory is so much more simple than all these old motherfuckers act like it is they had to intentionally yes. obfuscate it right in order to protect their jobs yeah they, if they spoke the language that the rich people paid for they kept it to themselves yeah the other reason why these pieces are just numbered is because again they were not marketing it to the masses there was no way for the masses to consume this it was just the work they did that month or year or whatever on commission yeah here's the 14th thing you've paid me to do it's in this key when you get the people to perform it for you so you can hear it. Otherwise, you're just looking at some shit I put on a piece of paper. By the way, I do wonder if there was like some low-rent dukes or earls still trying to be patrons of the arts and sure. they hired people just to give them sheet music <laughs> that was never actually performed. Some dickhead right now in this modern age would find that and go, oh my God, and just fawn all over it. Beethoven did not write a piece called the Moonlight Sonata. He composed something that he titled Piano Sonata Number 14. The rest of the title is some instruction on how it's supposed to be played. There was no give it a cool name to any of this. This is not Godspeed, you black emperor, where it's <laughs> instrumental music, but they're titling it something so you can know what they're thinking about while they made it. Some other asshole, five years after Beethoven died, wrote that this reminded him of taking a walk in the moonlight. And from then on, it's been known as there the Moonlight go. Sonata. Right. But it wasn't, even, it wasn't called that at any point during Beethoven's life. Imagine writing a song, calling it something, and then somebody else comes along, basically just renames it or gives it a name. And then everyone just, it's called this now. It's called what this guy said. What a, <laughs> I don't know who's worse in this situation. It's hilarious. It's, I don't know if Beethoven's worse for the non-name or the <laughs> dickhead who thought that they could just name it. This is a collection of terrible people. I wish that someone would have came to me and asked me to name these because I could have stuck with the number scheme and yeah. given them all the same name, which is number two. <laughs> yeah. I love <laughs> shit jokes are the best. <laughs> Yes. So if you're trying to get into classical music and you want to have a conversation about it with someone else, like how you talk about the music that you're listening to, both of you have to know which numbers correspond to the sounds that you want to talk about. This is impossible to have this conversation. It's so 
prohibitive. Okay, what's your favorite Rolling Stones album? Is it Exile on Main Street, Beggar's Banquet, Let It Bleed, all these things I can remember and which songs are on them because they're given memorable titles. What's your favorite Beethoven symphony? Yeah. Is it the fifth one? Or maybe you like the ninth one? You know the ninth one that he did because that was after the fifth one. Or you could go even like before that and say the second one. Yeah. Like I don't fucking remember what order he made these things in, man. So the most famous Beethoven symphonies are absolutely the fifth one and the ninth one, probably in that order too. The fifth one is probably the most heard piece of music in existence, maybe. Sure. And then the ninth symphony, Thank probably you. more people have heard Old Town Road than the ninth symphony, but it's up there. <laughs> Thank you, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, uh, Bill and Ted, Misery, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people listening to this have also heard the seventh symphony, but they'd only recognize it if it's playing. They wouldn't know it by name. So we're just going to talk about the fifth one and the ninth one well, we could just rename it it could we yeah. could come up with our own name it's the 70 billionth one music the shit too so the fifth symphony is the one that goes dun 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 yeah gotta be the most recognizable music on earth and then what's it do next dun 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 Dun, 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 dun. That's literally Morse code for the letter V, which is the Roman numeral for five. Morse code didn't exist when Beethoven was alive. So instead of just realizing that Morse code for five is a nerd joke in reference to Beethoven, there are people who think that this is evidence that Beethoven was in fact a time, a time traveler. traveler. Yes, which is probably true. I mean, I may sound crazy, but that's actually what I believe. The fifth symphony, the, I keep saying symphony, man. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> Why do funny. I keep doing that? Just roll with it. Symphony. Uh, symphony. It's a symphony. It's a symphony. Uh, <laughs> if I had to beg and plead for your symphony. <laughs> oh, man. Dun, 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 dun. And then it goes back and forth from that to these sort of soft and airy passages. And then it'll stop and then it'll go dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. The only thing that changes really is after the Allegro con brio really gets going, and that's when it goes into the. So basically, this shit sounds like a skipping Enya CD. Because Beethoven's basic thing was to take one or two ideas per piece, even if that piece is a 45-minute long symphony, one or two ideas, and then make you look at those ideas from 200,000 angles. Anything you hear in a Beethoven piece is going to get repeated forever with one thing barely changed each time. In 1804, someone was talking about Beethoven's Second Symphony. They said it was, quote, a crass monster, a hideously writhing wounded dragon that refuses to expire and, though bleeding in the finale, furiously beats about with its tail erect, end quote. So that's what they were saying about his Second Symphony. He's still doing it on the fifth one and he never stops. This is his M.O., and I do think it's pretty important to recognize here that Beethoven was essentially rock music compared to everything that came before him in classical music. Yeah, This is sure. the classical version of rock music. You find one stupid thing that stupid people are going to like, and then you do it over and over again until it's time to stop and do a different stupid thing. Kiss. That's rock and roll. Yeah. It's not an exaggeration to say that Beethoven was the kiss of classical music. Classical music is the genre of the ruling class. This kid was never allowed to be one of them. 
So his position was basically fuck them and fuck their music. Dude. I can't marry any of their daughters. Yeah. Keep trying. They won't let me. The Eighth Symphony is unmistakably mocking the genre. There is no question that the Eighth Symphony is making fun of classical music. And you would have to listen to a buttfuck load of classical music to get the joke. But it is a joke. That's why it never, ever, 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 ever ends. He's making fun of the genre. Beethoven wore a wig, correct? That's true. <laughs> we can't wait to hear where this is going. He painted his face. Possibly wore lipstick, not in that. Painted his lips, correct? I, uh, I don't know if that's true, actually. Played, no, it, not, not the, the, it was just like part of the thing of like you wore a wig and you painted your face really pale white thing and they put like red on their lips. Oh, okay, probably not powdered, like, not powdered like, his face. Yes, exactly. Powdered. Yes, powdered it, but like to a, a very obvious extent. And Because he didn't want to look like he worked in a field around all these rich people who don't go outside well, in the daytime. That's right. Back then, being pale was actually the thing that people wanted to be because that meant that you didn't work in the field. It was the exact opposite of today. But so he dressed in a wig, he wore a wig, he, he powdered his face, and then he played overly simplistic bullshit music that any 12-year-old can play, not even five-year-old actually, realistically, if you go on YouTube, can play his ridiculously dumb shit. He literally is Kiss. And he was an asshole. And he was a dick. He's literally Gene Simmons. The original Kiss. We do need to talk about the Ninth Symphony. The Ninth Symphony is such a strange beast to me because it's another one of those piano pieces. I would say more kids learn how to play Ode to Joy on piano, or first. The kids who learn Furley's learn Ode to Joy, the Ode to Joy section, yeah. simplified. <laughs> yeah, that. So... But no one is familiar with the entire rest of that composition. That's the last section. That's the last movement in the symphony. I don't think people are very familiar at all with the rest of it, other than the very opening of it. This is definitely Beethoven's worst symphony, and it's his most praised symphony. And I think it's a window into why everyone still cares about him, which is this whole story. He couldn't, literally couldn't but hear. But everyone pretends like this guy was such a master that the thing was still amazing. It's not amazing. He started to go deaf. Pretty much at the beginning, his symphony started rolling out around the time, I believe he was 50, 60% deaf. There's all this noise around the fact that he was composing even after he could barely hear. Supposedly when he debuted this, he conducted and everyone was told to follow the first chair violin instead of Ludwig because he was going to be off in who knows where. <laughs> right. Look up contemporary criticism of this piece. It's not good. The Seventh Symphony is so much better than this. Practically everybody agrees that Beethoven sucked at writing music for the human voice. Because he would write things that nobody could sing. Well, and I know yeah. some idiot's going to start, you know, he was just too good. No, That's why nobody could sing it. He was just too good. That means Beethoven was more advanced than everyone. What a terrible, terrible opinion to have. Although I kind of hope someone is typing this just so I can read it and go, oh my God, this is the worst opinion I've ever read in my life. This would be like putting out sheet music for a piano player with notes that are not on the piano. Yeah. Dude, even the first lines of the vocal part are about how bad the singing is. Mm. The first lines of the Ode to Joy section translate roughly to, Oh, friends, not these tones. Rather, let us tune our voices more pleasantly and more joyously. Starts off bad on purpose. But the thing is, it doesn't get better. What a crazy thing. And 200 years later, people are still going, My God, this is brilliant. 
The thing about there being human voices in this song, that means that even though this is from 200 fucking years ago, yeah. we get to talk about song lyrics today. Damn, what a great thing. The words of Ode to Joy are from a poem written by Friedrich von Schiele in 1785. Long time ago. You ready for these lyrics? Oh, I can't wait. I'm vehemently excited. Whoever has won in that great gamble of being friend to a friend, whoever has found a goodly woman, let him add his jubilation. Yes, even he who can call just one soul on earth his own, and he who had never done it, let him steal weeping from this company. Wow. So if you take the time to read that and really break it down and understand what he's saying. And translate it. These are essentially Kid Rock lyrics. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> so what he's talking about is if you're so badass that you get good pussy and you know it, throw your hands in the air, <laughs> make some noise. Yeah. And if you know you're going to go home and jack off tonight, then hit the fucking road because <laughs> we got some partying to do here tonight. Yes. And you don't want to be late for that appointment with your hand. Yeah. For everyone that heard me saying that Beethoven was the original kiss. Fuck. Yes, he was. And then Beethoven kept progressing through time past kiss and landed on kid fucking rock. I think it's fair that he be held responsible for many of the sins. I personally, I hold him responsible for pop music in general. Well, now that we've learned everything we've learned in this episode, right. yeah. I think it goes way beyond just classical. Does emo happen without Beethoven? I would argue absolutely not. No. Does Kid Rock happen without Beethoven? Probably Does not. Kiss happen without Beethoven? No, definitely Do not. Do a plethora of other shit bands happen without Kiss? It is just reducto ad absurdum. At the peak level, Beethoven is the reason that everything in the universe of music exists. The other thing to consider here is Beethoven is largely responsible for pianos becoming a desirable instrument just around the time we had the technology for pianos to become an affordable instrument. Pianos were not affordable when Beethoven began using one. He could not have bought one himself, probably. No, I would guess not. One was sent to him. I do not think it is a coincidence that the romantic era of music was what was popular. As pianos become affordable, there is now a market for sheet music. That is the trend that got set for the entirety. The entirety of popular recorded music has fallen under the romantic sphere. Since then. Also, if you think about it, let's let's go conspiratorial with me here. Uh, if you're a, a sheet music printer and you have to pay, say, the composer of these songs, a royalty or something like that. But okay, wait, well, who who's long gone? Who we don't have to pay a dime to? The people that print this music have a huge financial incentive not to take the more modern composers and take their shit and put it on sheet music. Not to mention that it's no longer trendy to perform the compositions of modern classical right. music is dead as fuck. I right. mean, if you don't believe that, but, but what an ultimate thing you can print Beethoven music and pay no one for it. I promise you'll have an easier time finding a symphony that you can watch perform Beethoven than anything that was written in the last hundred years. Well, for sure. And how amazingly convenient, no royalties or publishing is paid out on any of this stuff. Maybe there are better composers in history, but 
those things actually may cost money. From every angle, this music is synonymous with money. There's a reason why classical music that is played in a movie that isn't entirely scored by classical music is almost always used to represent someone who's stuffed up, an asshole, some hoity-toity motherfucker. That's the joke. Classical music is by and for those people. It always was funded by, written for the richest people on the planet at any given moment, 99.999999% by white guys. From every angle, if a bank could write music, this is what it would sound like. Mm. Dude, Beethoven's piano teacher was literally a member of the Bavarian Illuminati. They all were. Like Beethoven was too. It's why conspiracy theories exist. Because yeah. if you start thinking about shit from that angle, of course you're going to be like, wait, of course that's what ha is happening. Yeah. These rich people are doing all this bullshit. Classical music is part of that bullshit. If you told me that the first company that decided to print sheet music was run by a member of the Illuminati, I would say, well, yeah. Of fucking course it was. <laughs> it makes total sense. This bullshit was funded by and written for the ruling class, which is why nobody else likes it. And everyone stopped paying attention to it within 100 years of pianos becoming affordable to anyone who didn't have a rich friend to give them one. Yeah. You know the Chuck Berry song, Roll Over Beethoven? Yeah, of course. He wrote that about having to wait for his sister to get done practicing her Beethoven, almost definitely for release. Little Chuck Berry's sitting uh, there the hundred, like, yes. damn sis, sure wish you'd knock it off because someday the Beach Boys are going to need to rip me off and I need to write some songs that are good enough for that to happen. God dang, dude, that's so wild to think about. In 2001 in West Palm Beach, Florida, there was this mega shady street corner with all kinds of drug deals going down on it and everything. The cops shut down this bar in that area so they had access to the property. They installed speakers on the roof of this closed down bar and played classical music, including Beethoven. Guess what happened? Mm. No more drug deals, no more anything on that street corner because <laughs> no one wanted to hang out there because nobody likes classical music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone associates classical music with getting narked on. We don't know why there's Beethoven playing out of those speakers, but just don't go over there anymore. We should, uh, if we start doing live shows, the way that we will end the live show is by blasting Beethoven because you Dude, know everyone yeah, will just it'll bail. clear the place out. Yeah, and then we'll do a meet and greet afterwards, but yeah. I'll be like, oh shit, everyone left. Oh man, I guess we gotta go, bye. There'll be one weird guy who loves yeah. it. Do you think it's fair to say every band we've covered on this show probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Beethoven? Yes, I think that's completely fair. Based Absolutely. on what we've learned in this show. Yes. Everything is this guy's fault. I, I would be shocked I mean, this has got to be true. I would say almost for all of them, if not all of them. Some member of the band at one point took piano lessons and learned how to play Beethoven. Every single band had at least one member that went through this process. And therefore, Beethoven was, even if subtly, an influence on the creation of the music. Beethoven is either a direct influence on every band that we've ever done or any band that doesn't apply to was trying to be in opposition to sure. Beethoven. Yeah. I, one or the other. It's one or the other. You're either following in yes. Beethoven's footsteps or fighting against what Beethoven did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess by that metric, this dude matters. But I think if Beethoven is your favorite band. Your favorite band sucks. You.
You are welcome for another classic episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. Today we got a little blooper for you. In this episode, when you heard Mark say he might as well have another drink after spilling his first one, that happened in the middle of recording. He really did spill his drink, but we cut it out. He was just the original asshole. Yeah, Ah! Bill! Yes, your man Mark Mosley really got so mad about Beethoven being an asshole that he dropped his beer and screamed like a girl. Ah! Bill! Our producer Bill had to clean it up. The YouTube channel with the video where a kid turns smoke on the water into a tool song is KMAC2021, KMAC2021. I went and watched the video. It was really short. Mark's right. It does manage to quickly make a lot of really funny points about all the shticks that Tool rely on. If you're a new listener, make sure and go back to listen to our Tool episode. There's no better time than now to revisit our entire back catalog, in fact. You know, we weren't joking about using anonymous sources. If you can get your hands on the data we're always saying we wish we had... I mean, I don't know if Mark's seen the newsroom, but I have. You can get in touch with us. Just ask yourself, what would Elon do, bro? He'd leak the info and take the free PR. Mark and I asked ourselves what Elon would do and decided to go ahead and make a Beethoven t-shirt for the podcast. I'm recording this a couple weeks in advance, so I don't really know how it looks yet, but we're going to try to at least have a design and a pre-order up on the site by the time this comes out. You can at least go check it out, maybe even order one at yfbspod.com. Even if you don't get a shirt or a sticker while you're there, Find the post for this episode, grab the link to it, share it everywhere you can with everyone you can. All right, we will be